sometimes we want a yogurt, we want some um, veg and some, you know, vegan food, vegetarian food, whatever we want. We don't get everything in our basket on the one day. You've got to realize your children are like that. You can't just stuff them with what you think is good for them at the time. In time, they'll be ready to receive the message and they will come back to it or they will adapt it themselves or they will tweak it themselves. So, you know, as a parent, you've just got to be the best example for them and make sure that, you know, you are giving them the correct information at the correct time, yes, but they also need to be ready to receive that information as well because they're grown adults as well, aren't they? As promised, I have my very special guests for tonight. Um, their names are Paula and Roger Galloway. Let's see if they are there. Are you there? Paula and Roger. Hello. Hello. Yes, we are. Awesome, yeah, awesome. Here. <laughs> really glad to have you on the show. And um, I've got lots of questions and you've been doing some amazing things over the last year or so. But before we go there, if you can just um, just share a little bit about your background. You're, you're a husband and wife um, and business you know, owners, but whatever you want to share and then we'll go into what you've been doing recently. Okay, so um, we are Roger and Paula Galloway um, and uh, we were both brought up in uh, the West London area in Perryville and um, my background is of West Indian origin, Uh, both parents uh, came over from Jamaica. Um, obviously, I was a lot smaller with my four sisters, so I've got four, I'm the youngest of four older sisters, um, and I have a half-brother as well. So, um, you know, growing up in the 60s and 70s, um, from relatively humble beginnings, um, dad worked in a factory, my mum was a nurse, um, and uh, we went, obviously, off to school um, to really better ourselves. You know, my three sisters came over from Jamaica when they were um, very, very young, sort of like six, eight and four, something like that. And I was actually born over here. Um, It wasn't until in my teens that I um, came across the gentleman to my left, my husband of now (laughs) 29 years, I think, and holding. Uh, but he sort of like came into my life. I was at the tender young age of just 17. Um, I think there's a song about that. She was just 17. <laughs> was it a Beatles song, Imani? And, um, <laughs> and he, was, he was 18. And at the time I was at, uh, in, still in education. I was at high school in sixth form. And I used to go to uh, school with a good friend of mine. Um, and Roger also went to college back then with um, a good friend of his. Little did we know it, those two friends were brother and sister, and they did a little bit of matchmaking, and they said that uh, I, I fancied Roger Galloway and vice versa. He fancied Paula Anderson, and what we do is sort of like meet on the way home from respective colleges um, and sixth form. And uh, I remember Rog actually uh, handing me a letter um, and saying to me that he heard that I fancied him, Imani. 
Um, <laughs> and if it was true, then perhaps we should sort of like go out. If not, then sort of like don't worry about it. And he had a little mini back then. Hair was in the curly perm. Farrah slapped on, looking fine. Um, and he asked me if I wanted a lift home in his little mini. And I said, oh, much better than taking the bus, right? Um, and <laughs> so that's what we did. We sort of like used to meet occasionally. Um, and, um, you know, we sort of like built our relationship from very humble beginnings, really. Um, and, you know, we've been married next year. Uh, 20, well, 30 years. It will be our 30th anniversary next year. Yeah, oh, it is. It definitely is. Because um, after, you know, being together, we have three um, grown-up uh, young men. Um, they're both they're 20, I have to think about this, Molly, 26, 24, and 1920. My gosh. No, they 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 spent uh, uh, our anniversary in uh, Ochi Rice in Jamaica. That was always a big goal and a big dream of ours to take them back, because you do hear a lot of negative about, um, you know, in particular Jamaica or the West Indies. And I just wanted the boys to have um, that perspective, whereby they had a really lovely, nice, fuzzy feeling in their tummies when they about what back home was and the culture and everything else like that so that was really really important to us that's awesome um because yeah you're so right that is the perception isn't it um but for them yeah. to experience there's nothing like when you experience it for yourself and now you've got they've got their own idea of what it's like to be that, out there yeah yeah that is it and you can already you know we, ever since we've come back you know they have uh, that strong affiliation. They have, have those lovely memories. It's, um, again, I think really pretty much part of the jigsaw puzzle of, of where they come from, where, you know, part of their origins as well. And I know either with or without us, one day they will be going back, um, back there and exploring it a little bit more, you know, because it's just, you know, in a couple, three weeks, you sort of scratch the scratch, don't you? So, uh, but a lot more made sense, you know. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Paula. And, um, no you know, know that you both came on the show, pre, um, was it late, it was mid, late last year? And um, we were talking then about um, marriage and relationships. And you really sort of um, shared so many gems with us on that particular subject. And, um, you know, I was really excited to have you, you back on the show Um um, because you know you, you you're both an amazing couple you've got so many things to share and um, you are also business owners and you've been doing incredible things during um, lockdown so can you share some of that with us yeah I think um, just to complete the picture um, my background literally is um, um, my father was something called Anglo-Indian so he was uh, mixed himself and my mum was Portuguese Indian so, um, yeah, I suppose always used to different cultures anyway, so it made no difference to us. When I saw Paula when she was 17, and she did look fine, um, the, reali the reality was, yeah, I did give her that note, and I kept my uh, composure and posture. And, she, you know, since then it's been, it's been crazy. 
we moved in together about 23 and 22 into a little one-bedroom flat, and we got involved in that negative equity situation, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. 30 years, um, you know, we never planned on anything. We just went along with it all. You know, we, we, we always uh, adamant that we weren't going to get married, actually. Uh, we just thought, what a waste of money that would be. And by the time we were 27 and 26, uh, we got married. <laughs> but under our terms, instead of inviting everybody else's family to have a good time, we got married ourselves, paid for it ourselves, and invited who we wanted to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And when we, when we were in that one-bedroom flat, I was um, a computer consultant. Paula was in the, in the police in New Scotland Yard in Victoria. Um, as a civilian, and uh, things started to change. We were introduced to a, a concept in business-wise so that we, we can lead up to the business side of things. And whilst we were doing our full-time jobs, we built a business on the side uh, in our spare time, so in the evenings and on the weekends. And that went really well. Within about, we set a goal to um, beat my dad to retirement. And bearing in mind, he was a diplomat. And uh, he was coming up to his, uh, you know, retirement years or whatever it is. And uh, we had five years to do it. Wow. In that time, in that time, we literally worked hard, you know, didn't have a lot of money. Like Miss Paula said, we used to have baked beans on toast in many different varieties. You can have it with a bit of uh, brown sauce. You can have it with chili sauce. You can have it with all different types of sauces. <coughs> but we just, we just made ends meet, really. We just had a big passion to sort of... Uh, succeed you know we weren't really employee type people um i certainly wasn't and my dad was really an employee person all of his life being a diplomat you know if a is an ambassador in the in the foreign office then my dad was the b was level b was a grade b so he did tremendously well and so that's why i went to a boarding school when i was younger from 10 to 16 and that sort of laid a good foundation education wise but um not in terms of uh, practical experience, I suppose, but, you know, it was all really good. You know, you have to learn to get on with different types of people, whether they're rich, famous, or whatever it may be, and down to the normal average Joe. But it did lead on to a good thing. You know, me and Paul were in this one-bedroom flat, and we saw this business, and we grabbed it. And within a couple of years, she'd given up work. And in five years, we beat my dad by one month. And we had our retirement party first before my dad's. And, uh, you know, he's never forgotten it. You know, we lost him sadly a, a year and a half ago, but, um, you know, but he was there at my retirement. So at my retirement, or our retirement, should I say, um, there was about 500, four, five, five, 600 people turned up at my offices. And it was in the local news and paper, you know, a 29-year-old retiring. And um, it was phenomenal, you know, never forget in our lives. But it gave us the basis of our business experience. And I suppose that leads on to business in general. And I suppose in in that whole period of time, Paula by my side, me by her side, we worked as a team. And everything is about team for us. It was Team Galloway. And that includes the family as well. They're all a part of Team Galloway. And we have a motto, which is TIV, which means Together in Victory. And it's all small things, to be honest, Imani. It's all small things that lead up to a, a combination of either success or failure, because believe me, we have failed dramatically many times over. It's never easy. It's never plain sailing. It never happens according to how you want it to happen. But um, when you've got someone as strong as Paula by me, mate, it makes life a lot easier. 
Sounds um, amazing. What I'd ask you, um, Roger, what was the first business? What was that first business that you were able to retire yourself and um, Paula in five years? Yeah, so um, it was basically a direct sales association business. Um, so you got companies like, in them days, you had people like Avon, you know, Clean Easy, Herbalife, all those types of businesses. So, yeah, very, very... It's, very similar to that one it was it was basically called the Amway business you know yeah that is incredible because you know definitely you know you hear so many stories about because you know there was all these um people um that you'd hear about through the Amway and they were able to retire and for you and Paula to be able to do that um here in this country that was um amazing well I think one of the biggest drives for us and this isn't to bring um uh, color or creed into it but when we first joined there weren't any black or asian people at all and oh, wow. uh, it was predominantly you know just a, a normal society i suppose whatever that means mm-hmm. so we just wanted to prove to ourselves that we could be the first one we heard this audio of uh, uh, an american guy black guy who was the first black successful guy and we thought wow that just means we could do the same thing here mm-hmm. and we did and then we expanded into about 15 countries with thousands and thousands of people in our business all over these different, over the world. And we ended up becoming successful and in top, like half percent of the whole world, I suppose. And from there, we started, we were speaking all over the world, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's incredible. I don't know if anyone know the, these types of direct, market, uh, direct marketing businesses. It's not easy, and for you both to be able to do that, and like you said, you know, being the first people of colour over here in this in the, in um, Amway, um, that's that in itself is an achievement, and then to be able to retire, um, incredible. And and you know what I'd like to ask you because um, I know that there is some really good. I think you mentioned, you know, you watched, you heard a tape or watched a tape. Did you do you feel that? Um, the um, tools that you were given um, in that business did it go on? Did it go on to help you with you know the businesses, the subsequent businesses that you started, and you know the ones you've started recently as well? Would you say you learnt a lot from that to create your own businesses outright? Absolutely, amazing, great question. Because the reality is, the answer is yes. It was the biggest foundation of learning, of self-education, positive mental attitude, whatever phrases you want to use, that we still use today. Everything we learned 30 years ago. And don't forget, we were speaking on a circuit, not only in England, but in South Africa, in India, in every flipping country around the world. So we became really knowledgeable or good at it. And um, because we had two different, I suppose, cultures or whatever you want to call it, in their lives, you know, we were basically British, but um, in everyone else's eyes, they see what they see first, and so we could uh, we could um, appease both sets of audiences. So yeah, look, the answer is straightforwardly: the tools we had were absolutely flipping phenomenal, and we still use them today, just in slightly updated fashions. But you know, we read books. We listen to audios. We, you know, the, the equivalent is YouTube videos now or, or whatever it is. We started off with a record, would you believe? The record is by Earl, Earl Nightingale, who is the granddaddy of, you know, positive mental attitude. And it's called, you know, literally the strangest secret, which led on to 
Oprah Winfrey discovering something called the secret. But the strangest secret was the original. Um, so, please, Paula, what did you think about the, the, the yes, system please. in them? Yes, please, Paula, come in. Uh, I, I was just going to add and just say that uh, what we learned in those early days was absolutely critical to our, uh, I would say, our long-term success. It has a knock-on effect. It's the very foundations of, of any health. Um, and it was critical to our long-term success and in anything that we did. Because, you know, having a, a, a I, I, I call it a positive attitude, um, other people call it whatever they call it, but having that positive attitude in life doesn't allow you to do absolutely everything, but it helps you so much than thinking negatively about, because, you know, we all have obstacles, Imani. Every, every Tom, Dick and Harry have, have, are going through obstacles. There's, there's just stuff that will happen in your life. I always say, you know, why... Um, there, there will always be some sort of drama, you know, whether or not it's your parents, um, ill health, whether or not it's your child, whether it could be yourself. You know, things just happen. And, you know, they happen for a reason. And you have to take those nuggets away and realize that, you know, you, you, you just need to be that person that can... Um, can deal with those challenges and situations as best you can and move on because sometimes if we get too bogged down in what's going on around us um, we, we just need to just protect our mental muscle and build on that because you're just going to have challenges it doesn't matter who you are it doesn't matter what you're doing you can be whether or not you're the royal family you could be a celebrity um, you could be your next door neighbor, you could be your work colleague, whatever you're doing, you will have challenges. And it's how you deal with those challenges as to how you will be more fulfilled in your life. So I think to add to that in mind, because what happens is, yeah, so in our relationship, we work as a team. And um, Paul, Paula doesn't get faced by challenges. In fact, I wouldn't say she enjoys but she enjoys helping me solve them. <laughs> you know, so I, I, it's almost like I need approval from her. The only person I'll use as a sounding board, and we've had millions of mentors in our life, you know, all big millionaires and multi-millionaires and, you know, humongous celebrities. We know, we've met and spoken with loads of them. Mm -hmm. But the reality is the person that I'm going to come back to the most is my wife. And that, that is only because we've grown up since we were 18 and 17 and we absolutely rely and trust on each other. You know, in, in the corporate organizations, that's not always true. But in your business life, at least you can be that element of control. And, you know, dealing with obstacles, dealing with challenges, you know, they're all the same. They're all the same. They're just going to vary from person to person. And I think the other thing is that what people don't realize is that, you know, your financial future is in your hands. That's the good news. The bad news is the financial future is in your hands. And people don't realize that it's just in our heads. And, you know, we, we can all hear all of the rah-rah uh, and the positive mental attitude. But if you believe it, it has a whole different meaning. It has that little extra 1%. You're not just talking it. You're walking it. You actually do it. So Paul and me literally transformed our lives back when we were 23 and 22 when we started that business. And we said we're going to learn this because all these successful people cannot be wrong. 
and we employ it today. And if you met our three boys, that especially the, the eldest one and the second one, the third one is still growing up. He's only a nineteen-year-old. But you know, is um, you will see them. They live and breathe it almost as much as we do. I'm learning from my twenty-five-year-old now. You know, we we were just in the gym a minute ago, which we'll come on to in a minute. But he plays all the YouTube videos, all the people that we love, like um, you know, Norman Vincent Peale. You know, Les Brown. Les Brown. Les Brown's one of our favourite. Yeah. You know, and you know, there, there are so many. There are so many. It's amazing. But I think for me, without even communicating with each other, we can say a phrase. You know, like "winners never quit, quitters never win." You can say that phrase, but do you really mean it? When that obstacle comes, that's when you know if you know it. That's when you really know if you learnt it, because character is only built in failure. That's when it happens. You know, your character is... Yeah, that's only when you know, because it's all great, well and saving, and you can preach this stuff, and oh, hallelujah, it's great. But when, chips, when the chips are down, that's when you really know. That's, that's when you really know. Yeah, totally, totally agree. Um, you know, you, you will be tested to see what your metal, you know, how much metal you have and how strong it is and um, are you able to kind of walk your talk. And, you know, you know, at 22 and 23, you know, at that age, a lot of people are thinking about other things. What, what do you think it was about the two of you as a couple that kind of prompted you, kind of attracted you? to a business that was going to really shape your, your mindset and your, you know, positive attitude and, and, you know, having that consistency and that determination when, you know, you, it sounds to me as though you both had quite, you know, you had nice jobs that were, you know, most people would be happy to be in. What made you decide at that age, especially at that time, when we didn't really have a lot going on about um, entrepreneurs and business owners, you know, people were kind of more, you know, out of school, and into jobs, whether it was professional or, you know, a job that, you know, would get you going. What was it? What do you yeah. think it was about the two of you that kind of was attractive? I, I think one of the things that happened, and I'll let Paula speak for herself, but for me, <laughs> when we were doing this self-education, we had no idea that it would be shaping our life at that time. All we were was a bit more ambitious, I suppose. You know, we didn't think twice about going to work. I used to drive all the way to Reading drive all the way back, and then I'd go out and see some people to try and promote our business. And I'd be back by 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, or whatever it is, and we'd do that day in and day out. Paul would meet me somewhere. Uh, I, we were skin. I mean, we were drastically skin, but we just found the money from somewhere, you know, and some people, obviously, in your family don't always think, oh, my God, what are you doing? You know, it ain't going to work. And you say, no, no, it will do, and you couldn't understand why... They wouldn't buy your products or they wouldn't even entertain listening to you about the business. And that was life, really. But for us, we were, I think the whole system that we had, we, we called it the, the vehicle of success. If you imagine a car with four wheels and each wheel had something different, the first wheel was books. Make sure you're feeding your mind. And, you know, that's where we were introduced to Les Brown and, you know, Zig Ziglar and all of these phenomenal people. You know, and that was brilliant. That was the first wheel. The second wheel of the car was audios, you know, and you know, listening to people who have succeeded, whether it's biographies, whether it's just a bit of rah-rah or whether it's just a bit of believe in yourself. You know, I'm doing that in the gym now with my son. 
you know, you listen to Arnold Schwarzenegger because obviously we're talking about gym and stuff because mm -hmm. he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, for sure. We were asked the question, who do you learn from? People are successful. You don't learn from people who are just doing nothing or just fading or whatever. You learn from people who have been where you want to be. The fourth wheel, the third wheel, should I say, was, was functions or seminars. And we went to loads of seminars. I mean, loads. I even went on a Dale Carnegie course, spent a couple of thousands or whatever it is, just to improve yourself. <coughs> and other people would just be, you know, wow, we wouldn't do that. Well, great, I'm not asking you to. We decided we wanted to do it. So we attended lots of seminars, as many as we could. And, you know, we invested in ourselves. That was the price we paid. And the fourth one is having a mentor. And we had loads of mentors that we could choose from, you know, and that was great. So put your seat behind the, your, your, your body behind the car. You've got the steering wheel there. And by yourself, by your, next to you on your side is your co-pilot, which was my wife. So we could then drive that car to, for a better word, towards our dreams. You know, you know, now it's all become very commercialized. Oh, yeah, my dream is this, my dream is that. But people aren't working towards it hard enough. They, 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 they want the reality, the beauty of the dream, but they've got to fall in love with the work. You know, they want instant success. Oh, look at TikTok. I could be a TikTok millionaire, mate. I could do this video and that video and Instagram. And, oh, it's only good. He, he was only doing it for three months. Yeah, mate, that's only going to be for the, the few. Okay, you're going to have to work your butt off, no matter which way we look at it. And that work ethic came from um, a book we read by Kiyosaki, Robert Kiyosaki, called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And, you know, we heard them speak and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, the concept of being an employee, there's the cash flow quadrant. And he talks about, you know, there's four quadrants. So if you imagine a little squared window and there's four quadrants, the first quadrant is the employee quadrant. And that's what, you know, most of the population will fall into. And maybe not through choice, but sometimes they're just drug into it because they want to make money, they want to get a house, they want to get a nice car. And that's totally understandable. But they're under, they're under no control. They're under control by their boss and, you know, they make you feel nice and safe and secure. And then there's the second quadrant, which is the SE, the self-employed quadrant, which we all try, you know, we want to do things on our own, we maybe control our time, you know, have a family and all those kind of things. The third quadrant is the business owner. That's the person who said, you know what, I am going to make it happen. And, you know, we all know the businesses fail, 80% fail in the first five years. Sure. Okay, but that weren't going to be us. It's as simple as that. You've got to have some... You've got to have some kind of goal, right? Mm -hmm. And the fourth one is the investor. And we've done all four of those and been through all four of those. But that was, I was only speaking to this to uh, a consultant team of mine recently to remind them, if you want to succeed, it's going to be boiling down to you at the end of the day, even with all the systems, with all the positive attitude, with all of the uh, techniques you're going to learn. But you can't do what I've got because I've got the strongest person in the world on my arm. And she's got me. And I think when we look at it, I don't know, how would you answer that, Ben? I mean, you would sort of say we went through the same education, but we went for it individually because we have to consume that information individually, right? It was 
for me, I wasn't so so much of a great reader. Yes, I would read books, but, but for me, it was the daily listening to the tapes, listening to the audios, putting my headphones in, going into lunch and listening to some positive mental attitude because you strengthen yourself, you build yourself up. You know, so you can come home, and when you come home, or yes, you're tired, but you realise that this is your passion. There is something big. This is bigger than you. And then, you, know, you get your you get your tired self, and you go out, and you you know, you make things happen. It's building that mental muscle. It's the same when you go to a gym. You know, you are building yourself up slowly and gradually. You'll see those muscles developing. You'll see the weight loss. You know, it's not a we've never been on a diet. Um, yes, we've exercised, but you know, the muscle develops over a period of time. And you know, everybody, like Rob says, wants it instantly. It doesn't happen instantly. Nothing happens instantly. A microwave food and nothing built with any longevity happens instantly. You need to take your time to do these things. And also, you need to realize that the only difference. To, to where you will be in five years' time are your association and the books that you read and the, the positivity that you choose to listen to. I mean, it's totally up to you. You can choose to, you can decide to say to yourself, well, you know what, in five years' time, in two years' time, I want to be where my manager is or my manager's manager. But you know what? Are they happy? That's the question. <laughs> are they fulfilled? Is that really where you want to head? Or if they're not, you know what, you maybe need to do a diversion and, and, and go on an, another course. Mm. And I mean, Marnie, it's very similar to yourself, right? I mean, look, how many people have ever told you, oh, being a presenter on the radio, local radio, oh, you need to get in the BBC and the ITV and a whole heap of things like that, innit? You get that all the time, you know, and... What are you doing? You must be knackered, Marnie. Oh, dear me. Poor Marnie. Listen, we've all had it. It isn't just Roger or Paula. It's everybody hears it. It's just how many people follow it through. And as Paula says, it's, you know, you can count the number of people who are going to support you on one hand. And I heard that at 23 years of age with great friends, so I thought, you know, really mega, mega close people. And you know what? It turned out true. We're now 55 and 54, and we've got a handful of really close friends. Yeah, we've got a lot more of good acquaintances, but I mean really solid people who have been there for years and years and didn't question it. They just said, right, you go and do what you want to do. Done. But you become like the people you associate with, right? Exactly. So if you imagine, you know, we're, we're, we're associating with people who are truly successful in our eyes, whereas we're associating with people who like-minded thinking, and in, in Paula's case, I mean, a simple example is, you know, Paula's one of four sisters. She's the youngest. And the other three sisters, we love them just like everyone else, but they're not going to be teaching Paula the secrets of success. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah? They're just not going to do that. So we have to find people who we can associate with. You know, you become like the books you read and the people you associate with. That's how it works. And I think, you know, what I love about what you're both saying is that, um, yes, there's people who's doing well in business and what have you. But what you both have managed to do that has come through very clearly through both of your you know, conversation here is that you've, yes, been successful in business, but you've also managed to stay as a team. That team work is very, very important as a couple. And then 
on top of that, as a family, you talk about your three children are, are very much involved in what you're doing. And, mm-hmm. you know, that to me is, a, a, you know, success because you can have, you know, the business and everything's going really well in the business. But, you know, it's not so, you know, it, it, there isn't that team spirit in, in, in the family and all the rest of it. You know, again, um, you, you, you have sort of kind of alluded to that a lot. But what would you say to, you know, what would you say was the real driving force for for you to be able to keep all those components together? Because you've given us these lovely, um, you know, concepts about, about the wheel and the, the, the four different ways of, of, of working. Um, what would you say would be the thing that kind of, you know, you both woke up to and realised, wow, it's not just about one thing, but it's about encompassing all these different things that are important to us. I mean, for me, the answer is when you look at it, um, if I ever bring somebody on board and we mentor people every so often, okay, the first thing I say to them is that I shake their hands. And if you imagine two hands, you know, shaking together, Mm -hmm. I'll say to them, it ain't going to work without me and it ain't going to work without you. Okay, I'll impart all of my knowledge to you over a period of time and then you just have to put work in. So in our family... And I know we keep going back to it, and it may sound really boring to some of your listeners, but you have to get ourselves right first. So that's why Paula said it's over a period of time. We're building that mental muscle over periods of time. Well, we've been doing this 30 years. So, oh, we've just honed things and built better things, learned to adapt things. I mean, look, we're all different, right? And when we get a challenge, none of us like it. But it's actually the best thing that can happen to any of us. You know, like like in lockdown, we've had to adapt. You know, I've had to work from home. I, I run a legal business, okay? I've had to do it all on laptops and all of this kind of stuff, do video calls. These are things we've had to adapt. There's a challenge. Did I like it? No. Do I get frustrated with it? Yes. But the reality is it all started with us, first of all, and then our family, because that was the family unit. That was the foundation Paul was talking about. After the family unit is resolved, and, and it, you just do it all at the same time, you're doing it all at the same time, tweaking it as you go along, then you can build that success. So back in the Amway days, 23 and 22, we were just boyfriend and girlfriend, then we got engaged. And then we stayed engaged for our donkey's years. <laughs> for ages. Because we were adamant. No one's going to change us. We're not listening to you and all this kind of crap. You know, but it was... Um, we chose, you know, it's like losing weight, isn't it? You've got to make that decision. So can I just say that the, your children will see what you do anyway. You know, you can say over and over, do this, do that. You give advice, you're their parents, you want the best for them. You, you, you know, you can just see sometimes where they're going right, where they're going wrong. But ultimately, it's your example. You lead by example as parents anyway. And obviously, some of that is going to rub off. Sometimes they're not all ready. Sometimes we go to the supermarket, we want to buy steak. Sometimes we want a yogurt, we want some um, veg and some, you know, vegan food, vegetarian food, whatever we want. We don't get everything in our basket on the one day. You've got to realize your children are like that. You can't just stuff them with what you think is good for them at the time. In time, 
they'll be ready to receive the message yeah. and they will come back to it or they will adapt it themselves or they will tweak it themselves. So, you know, as a parent, you've just got to be the best example for them and make sure that, you know, you are giving them the correct information at the correct time, yes, but they also need to be ready to receive that information as well because they're grown adults as well, aren't they? So Paula calls it the supermarket approach. So basically, you go to the supermarket. You go to the supermarket. You don't take everything, do you? You just got to feed them it when they need it. Yeah, you take what you want. Yeah, it's like you, feed, you can't feed a baby steak. You know, they've got to start off with baby food. Absolutely, yes. So it's the same with your kids. You know, so when when they see Paula, even when she's not well, mm-hmm. doing loads of wicked stuff and being, you know, proactive or whatever it is, being a uh, uh, work. Strong, strong work ethic or whatever but it shows them by example more than anything else mm-hmm. yeah so I think the example from from her is phenomenal yeah that, that's awesome um, good work ethics and um, I love that supermarket analogy um, and you know allowing the children to you know find what's what's in them as and it, it seems to me as though as you're doing what you're doing even though it might not seem like they're taking it in as time goes on you start to realize by their own yeah. actions that wow that you know true? it's been it's there all yeah. the time and they start to kind of um, reflect it back and you're like you were yep. saying you know you're in the gym with them and they're playing all the things that you liked and what helped you to kind of build your mindset to be able to do all the things that you've been able to do and um, yeah yeah and that brings me to okay last year we had you know this unusual <clears throat> excuse me this unusual situation where we all ended up in lockdown and for some people it was like oh my god you know what am I gonna do you know people may have lost their jobs people had to work from home people had to isolate and all these different things and so many people were struggling and, you know, really finding it difficult. But for you and your family, you decided to do something else. Talk to us about that. What happened and what made you decide to start, you know, new businesses yeah. during that time? I think, you know what it is, it again goes back to the mindset and it's how we've been trained. You can be problem focused or you can be solution oriented. And we were already working on the solution. I mean, look, me independent of my wife, my wife independent of me, we're already thinking exactly the same flipping thing. And that is, what happens if the worst case scenario takes place? So when we were younger, we read a book called How to Excel in Times of Change by a guy called Shad Hemsetter. And it really affected me, I'll speak for myself, because it says to plan for the, you know, the unplannable, effectively, is what it says. So lockdown came along. Obviously, it's very numbing. We're all thinking we're going to lose our our businesses, our our careers for the children, everything. But, you know, my eldest son, we use him as an example. So Jamie is a physical training instructor. You know, he's 24 years of age. He's working in a good gym, very well-known gym, and for a very well-known celebrity and everything else. And he's got a great following. Everybody loves him. And then lockdown happens. So... We immediately, we had just prior built my office, another office, in, in our back garden. So like a big 20 foot by 10 foot, um, like a chalet, which is what we're in right now. And um, it was my office, and I thought, well, 
we need to convert this to a gym so you can have the people coming around here and um, it'll be brilliant. And they started investing their money. So we had to teach them the rules of business. He had to learn to pay for it. We made the other two people buy things as well because it's going to be a family gym. So all three of them had to work in another team. And then, okay, Daddy stumped up the money initially, and then they could stump up the money as they were going along and pay us back. And they paid us back miles of time, like time and time ago. But now we've got a full-blown gym in there. And I took my office out of there, and I've gone into the other chalet, which we've got at the bottom of our garden, which is where now my office is. And that gym over there, then we went into level one lockdown. What's the one that you can't have anything <laughs> around? Lost. Down yeah. The lockdown then we, you, you so, to come out once a day, I think. Once yeah, a day. something like that. So yeah. So what happened is, is then we couldn't even use our own little gym in our back garden for his clients. Oh. Okay, because uh, we actually had a little challenge, didn't we? You want to talk about the little challenge? Tell <laughs> <laughs> them the little challenge, Pete. Well, <laughs> we had we had a knock on the door. The knock at the door, the knock at the door was no less than the police <laughs> to say that um, as a PT, the law was Jamie needed to be out outside and that he could not do any one-to-one sessions at home at all. He needed to obviously be in a park, in an open environment, and and that was it. His uh, business that he had already adapted uh, was closed down, and um, that left him a day, maximum of a day, to again adapt, evolve, um, and get the necessary equipment that he needed to do uh, PT sessions in the outdoors. Now, the outdoors um, is, you know what the British weather is like. It's not to say you're in the West Indies or anywhere like that, Imani. So he had to look at, you know, investing in like a really good weather, all weather, all seasons gazebo and all of the equipment that he needed to take his now uh, gym outside. So um, it was a bit of a pain to say the least, but you know what? Um, the, 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 the main thing was is that, um, you know, we just encouraged um, our son to just, you know, okay, it's a bit of a bitter pill, you know, it was definitely would have been one of the neighbours, you know, shocked us in, you know, we were doing, you know, to the police. It definitely was. We, we have no doubt about that. Um, but we just wanted to really get into Jamie's head really nice and quick, even though he's a really positive can-do guy, just to say, you know what, crap happens, you know, let's just take it as a learning curve and move on and move on quickly effectively efficiently so in as much so his business wouldn't suffer and that's what jamie was able to do um in comparison to some of his um colleagues who who didn't who were sort of like blindsided by the situation but really didn't get up and running really didn't establish or keep their business going during that time and you know suffered really down the road Imani so you know that was a vital lesson to learn you know what but it's the way you did it though isn't it I mean Imani what, what Paula does is really quite it's quite amazing because one of the things he does is this right 
she makes it like the norm. She makes it like the norm, you know. Oh, so what? Just another challenge. And it's going to be more opportunity for you because not everybody's going to want to do it. I give a visual, right? So each morning, even now, in the whole winter, freezing winter, which we had, the snow, the rain, and I will go and help him take all the weight to his car. So you're big, you know, you're carrying big flipping dumbbells, you know, you're carrying the bar, the weights that go with it. <coughs> the boxing equipment, everything, because he does football, boss, bar, boxing, and normal PT training. But he's increased, maybe even doubled the number of clients because of lockdown, because he was prepared to do the work. Wow. Now, as you get to know Paula, she don't suffer through fools, you know? It's like, it's just the norm. We had to do it, you're going to have to do it. And he didn't make it feel like it was anything hard. Yeah, we, we would appreciate him and we congratulate him and we, you know, we give him the necessary encouragement, which is the word Paula used. But it's now, he's become so thick-skinned about it all. Don't get me wrong, he has a couple of moans, but he's got mum and dad giving him a hand and making sure his food's there. Because don't forget, he's got a strong diet. He eats like a horse. You know, so Paul is making sure the back end is working, but we ain't back yet at headquarters, you know, and like Paula mentioned about the, the neighbours, mate, when, when the policeman did reach, what are you thinking? We're good neighbours, we're lovely neighbours. <laughs> we don't give anybody any trouble in money. You know, you know when mean? something like this happens, you know what, you can just, you could just lose your damn mind, really. But what is the point? Where is that going to get people? You know, I like to just have a you know you have a challenge not i like challenges you have a challenge how are you going to deal with it you're going to go over it under it round it through it you need to deal with it and you need to move on as quickly as possible otherwise that challenge will affect you but but it's brilliant that he went through the challenge because it meant we could teach him stuff you know little acronyms that we learned along the way which is like fido which means forget it drive on no point trying to work with you know at the beginning who the hell was it we're going to give them a piece of our mind, you know what I mean? All this kind of stuff. We won't go and get them back. And it was like, you know, you're getting all those kind of normal people's mentality. And don't get me wrong, we still talk about it today. I wonder who the hell it was. <laughs> <coughs> but it's not in a debilitating way now. It's in a way more of a joke thing, you know? Mm -hmm. But, you know, he now, he, he can't wait. We've got a date, according to Mr. Boris that um, he'll be able to have the gym open. The clients can't wait, and he's got more than ever, mm, you yeah. know? And, but what's the next part of the solution? Well, let's say they carry on moaning, because we have the noise pollution people come after the <laughs> policeman come. A whole heap of pollution. Yeah, because he was starting to do boxing, because a lot of the PT people didn't like the weather, we weren't in a gym, and blah, blah, blah. And so we were doing the boxing in our, in our back garden, and we're thinking, open space, back garden, <laughs> coronavirus ain't coming here, you know? But for these guys, these lovely neighbours of ours, and we only know it, we've, we've whittled it down, don't worry, girl, okay? And um, But the reality is that people are trying to make a living. They're trying to maintain yeah. their mental yeah. health and, you know, get off the ground. So we have to keep thinking, what else, what, what could be the worst-case scenario? So that's why he's now literally goes to a park 15, 20 minutes away. But when he comes back, look how much more he's going to appreciate it. We double the amount of clients. Even just today, he told us he just picked up another client, maybe two. Even today, because you do today what others will not, so you can live the life that others can, right? Yeah, and that's what he's doing. 
all the other PTs are all dropping away by the you know the way, so they're all doing it you know a little bit illegally or whatever it may be. So good luck to them. They can do what they want. It's their choices. But if we've been able to teach him, forget it, drive on, just move on, just go and do the best you can be, and that's why people keep coming back to you time and time again. It brings me to what you were saying earlier on about not being problem, you know, you're not focusing on the problem, you're focusing on solutions. And, you know, I love what, you know, that that polar is that way in kind because it could be so easy, couldn't it, to just focus on the neighbours. Definitely, and, especially, you know, you know yes. some, some of the, you know, the younger generation. I mean, I take uh, our youngest, for example, he's 20, how old is 19. 19. And um, bless him, he got his apprenticeship for CCS Media. Um, you know, it was an 18-month apprenticeship. And um, he just got started with that in the September. Um, was into that, was about seven months or so. And then we have the lockdown. Um, and, you know, that that is quite a hostile environment for anybody, let alone a young, a young apprentice. And I can remember Reese being very, um, after the one, two days of lockdown, you know, he found it really challenging because before he was going to a nice office in Slough or whatever. And, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, he couldn't do that. He was now working from home. Um, and I just said to him, do you know what? What are you going to do about this? What are you going to do about it, Reese? You know, because he was getting a little bit, you know, oh, big size and oh, this isn't, you know, I just can't, I just can't do this, you know, young Even lad. I just, I just can't do this, and he's sort of like pacing up and down a little bit with his laptop in his hand and his headphones in, and I'm like, well, what are you going to do about it, though, Reese? You know, you need to find. You need to find a solution, don't you? Absolutely. You know, you cut. You now cannot go to the office, so you need to find a little groove here, whether it's in your bedroom, whether it's over there on the desk. Where you need to, as my mum always says, and I always take this with my mum. You need to make yourself comfortable, or in her West Indian accent, you need to comfortable up yourself. Yeah. You know, you need to make get your space, get your heading gear, get your spacing gear. And I kept sticking it on on him and saying, "You need to sort this out," because I was seeing this two three days where he was just like a, a bull in a china shop he was just all pacing up and down feeling sorry for himself as though he'd been caged and i'm like oh for crying out loud reese sort this out get yourself a little space get yourself a little desk sort it out she, and remember that at it the took of him course. it took him a good i would say a good couple of weeks easy easy because at the same time when we went into lockdown don't forget i was normally face-to-face -face business and I, we started um, working in the, in the original office outside, and I was getting these headaches. My head was hurting me because I'm looking at the screen all day and, and doing Zoom calls. Adjustments. It was adjustments. Yeah, adjustments for everybody. But they saw it, though, didn't they? They saw that I was having, you know, the same issues, and, you know, and that's what drove us to start doing all of the training and physical training as well, because you need to go outside, get a little bit of vitamin D, no matter how cold and flipping harsh it is. But what Paula did with Reese was ridiculous because he's the kind of guy who's like very intelligent, but you know, he wants to get his own way, doesn't he? And it's like, you know, there must be a solution. You've got to find the solution. And eventually he found his groove 
Paula bought him a little table, which he never used at the beginning. Now he's using the little table, the little fold-up table. And now he's got goodies in his 18th month, which is supposed to be the end. But we know they're increasing it. But, you know, he's done good. He's done good indeed. Definitely. But going back to challenges for a second, and Paula can finish this bit off because our second son is Ian. He's the, he's the giant. And he's like, um, you know, really good. He's, but then he became unwell with ulcerative colitis. So now we're building Jamie's business. We're building our business. We're building uh, Reese up as a person. Paula's um, uh, focus now is on Ian because he's got osteocolitis. And, he's, you know, the toilet side of things was absolutely abysmal. We had to take him to the hospital many times. Um, many, many times. It was awful. But anyway, Paula's not one for, even though she works with the NHS, she's not one for the simple, just give me a drug and that's it. You're done. So we had alternative, went at Harley Street, paid a whole heap of money for this, that and the other, and eventually they started making progress. But she only focuses on the solution. Yes. And we couldn't let him see that we were upset, because I, that's why I leave it to Paula, but I don't want to know about it, okay? You just deal with it and get it sorted out, because she's brilliant like that, and you can tell me in private, because I don't want to be showing him my, you know, the weakness. And that's why he's super strong. Uh, in the same time in lockdown, he starts his own business, even though he's still working his job. So he's working at Car Giant in, in um, where he's in action, and he starts his own business on the back of Jamie's business, which is all the juices and the shakes. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Wow. Hello? Yeah. Oh, that, I thought we'd lost you again. So three businesses... Under one roof. Yeah. Wow. Cray cray. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's awesome. And you know the things that the things that you've said there is so powerful. You know, it's like a challenge comes along, and obviously, you know, we're we're used to doing things in a certain way. We're used to things being a certain way, and then it all goes. And I think what I'm hearing with, with Paul now is that you're always able to find another perspective. You're always able to kind of, you know, look at, okay, how can we enjoy the journey? If the if things have changed, how can we still enjoy the journey? Get yourself comfortable in, you know, going in a, doing things in a different way. And um, that is very, very powerful. And, you know... For Ronnie, I'll just tell you to interrupt. Well, there was one example. I give this is what happened, right? I've got an office downstairs, which we had purposely built, okay? It's just a big, long plank of wood that's got a little groove in it, and I've got a chair by it. But I got so comfortable with it. I got so used to it, right? And But then we realized we've got four men in the house who've all got to work from home. So she said to me one day, I think it was on a Friday night, and this was maybe eight months. I've been resisting at least for eight months or seven months. And she goes, you know, you could turn your, turn the gym. You know, you could come out of the gym and let Jamie have the whole gym because it was he only had half of it. And and you could go into the other into the other chalet because we were lucky. We had two chalets. And I thought, oh, mate, you're joking. I've got to go where the fridge is. And, you know, I had every reservation you we can imagine. We are all creatures of habit. Yes, we are. That is the thing. And sometimes we don't like the change. Yeah. But sometimes when we make that change, that is the best thing that we did since sliced bread. Check this out, yeah? So the next day, Saturday morning, 
Less than two, three hours later on, my office is all up and running. The gym is a full gym now, not a half a gym. And I just looked at her, bruv, and I just sort of said, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah that was a good one. We, she was so happy, though, but I had to still get used to it. Um, but it was brilliant, wasn't it? And you wouldn't change it for a thing? I wouldn't, no, no. I don't want to be anywhere near the house. Yeah. Wow. And that's the thing, isn't it? Like you just said, sometimes what, the thing we're trying to avoid is going yeah. to be the thing that is really yeah. going to be like, oh, why didn't I do yeah. this sooner? Yes. Mm. Wow. Mm. You know mm. what? I want to ask you both, because, um, you know, really exciting things around business and, and what have you. And this is this is a... You know, it's a difficult time, but it's also a great time, isn't it? Isn't it a great time to think outside the box? And so many people are saying, you know, they haven't got anything to do, and you know, what are they going to do, and you know, what's going to happen? And what would you, what would you say to them about starting businesses? And and also say, you know, people say things. Well, you know, it's it's okay for you know, Paula and Roger. You know, they've got all these years of experience and what have you. But what would you say to someone who? kind of is stuck or someone who's always wanted to start a business but haven't been able to do so for whatever reason then maybe the mindset's not there or you know what have you what would you say to people because i mean you've got so much um I, knowledge yeah. on business I think you start, sorry Emily. i think you start small um you, you find your passion mm-hmm. you start small and you just, you know, you just start small and keep going. Just have your game plan in front of you and just follow through with that game plan because y- you've got to enjoy what you do. I think that is a big key. You've got to enjoy what you do. So, um, you know, sometimes, you know, it, it could be a lot of people have, you know, the side hustle going on and that side hustle overtakes your full-time or your part-time income and that side hustle is more enjoyable so you know then you can there is no risk involved in 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 starting a business now everybody thinks oh it's a bad time to start it's a bad time to do this it's a bad time to do that there is no time like present and if you don't do it now when are you going to do it that's what i always say but it leads to that though you're right yeah because in business you've got to take risks you know, but, you know, start off gradually so you don't lose too much if it goes all pear-shaped. But, you know, uh, Ian, the second child, his girlfriend even started her own, you know, baking business because loads of people have been doing it. But you know what? There's loads of negative people out there, right? They're all saying, oh, mate, everyone's doing it. You know, I mean, can't blind me. You know, you're just jumping on the bandwagon. Listen, she's getting loads of cakes being ordered. She comes for a little bit of advice and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Sure. But look, Paula has. She hasn't mentioned there's a fourth business, or maybe in a fifth. But you know, she has. She she bought a, a franchise just before lockdown. Got absolutely slaughtered because she couldn't go out. Okay, and with the hotels and everything else. So what? You can't take risks. You know, how many times have you done? You've seen this before. We're all so dipping careful. And, you know, this is a chance to change things. You know, being in lockdown has made us reflect so much. It's amazing. You know, we've made loads of success now. That's great. We've had loads of challenges. That isn't great, but it did make us the successes. But you look at what Paul is saying here. Is that this is the point for me. Risk, yeah, measure it. Measure the risk. You know, this is a chance to go and do what you really want to do. Jamie is a physical training instruction mentality, positive mental attitude type of guy. That is him. He ain't going to do anything else. He's going to be flipping super brilliant, you know, 
we, we measure all of their money, as you can probably be aware. And he, he has made more money prior than before when he was in lockdown. He's doubled or tripled his money wow. in lockdown as a 24, 25-year-old. The second one, even with ulcerative colitis and going to hospital millions of times, going to Harley Street, finding all these other different methods and paying fortunes, you know, it isn't because we had the money. We would have done it even if we didn't have the money. We would have just put it on a credit card like we used to do in the olden days. <laughs> and that is it, because Paula has never cared about money. She's not interested in money. And, you know, full stop. If that's my role, I've got to find a way of making the money. She makes her own money. I make money for the family, whatever way you want to look at it. We just got different roles. But she finds the solutions for the stuff that I absolutely hate. Absolutely. I'll find the solutions in the business side. But when it comes to the personal side, she's just a don. Full stop. And again, in money, just coming back to our middle son, Ian. You know, he's had um, this challenge. And for those of you that don't know, ulcerative colitis is an autoimmune condition that infects the walls of the intestine. It, it leaves ulcers along the intestine. Hence, anything that you eat, literally can be anything, you will automatically straight away go to the toilet and there will be a lot of blood in the, in the number twos. You know, it's most unpleasant, very debilitating and very painful. So, you know, when when your son's got a condition like that and it all starts at university and he's got to actually drop out of university because it's that severe, you realise that you cannot rely on just medicine alone because he's far too young to be on medis medication from the age of 20 to older, you know, be, becoming an old man. That, that, that was what I saw for him. You know, I saw a cycle of medication, steroids. He'd go on the steroids. It, that would mop it all up. It would be happy days. He'd come off the steroids, and then he'd be on another flare. So we saw this up and down, up and down all the time with him. And I just thought to myself, there has to be another way. And, you know, my I feel as though as a mother, as a parent, my purpose in life is for Ian um, to have a very fulfilled, long life where he's not at the mercy of medication and steroids. And, you know, we've uh, uh, we've been on a journey and, you know, he needs to write a book himself because the journey has been very interesting. Um, and we've met we've met some good people along the way who have actually tried to help. But you know what? He's got to find we've got to find what works for him. And some of the some of what um, the, 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 the roads that we've been down, some have actually given us some solutions. You know, when Ian was at his worst, in, he lost 9kg in the space of a couple of weeks, two, three weeks. You know, and he's a big lad. He's six foot, six foot two, six foot one, six foot two, size 13 feet. He's a basketball guy. You know, he's a big guy. But, you know, for some to lose that weight, you realise that you know, the nutrition is just, you know, at its worst, it just goes right through you. You can't maintain your nutrition. You yeah. can't maintain well, your weight. You what else did you, um, you You learn to be cooked differently. Yeah, so... All the regular foods that we have, Amani, yeah, like your curry go and the Indian curry or whatever, she's adapted them all with little things. So here's an example, right? You know, avocado oil makes a big difference. 
Yeah, Rock's thought. What's it called? Himalayan. Himalayan, Himalayan thought. It's a changing no two things you cannot imagine. But then she's had to adapt things and learn to cook with this and not the gluten free and blah, blah, blah. But she did all that at the same time. And at the same time, he obviously needed a distraction. So he started a nutritional diploma as well. Okay, because he's learning so much about the body mm. only because his mum doesn't stop. He, he will know if he's not well, the first person he's going to talk to is his mum. You know, all I'm going to do is say, how'd it go today, son? Uh, are we doing less, less toilets today? And he'll go, yeah, that decent, man, decent. That's all he says, yeah? But mummy is the one who's like become a nutritional guru, mate. I tell you, flipping Laura. Again, all in lockdown, whilst you're doing all the other things, she's flipping wicked, man. But again, as a parent, you don't give up on your children, you know? Um, you know, as I said, we've been on different paths with him, um, quite a few paths, if, if I'm honest, Imani. And, um, you know, about uh, maybe about just a month, month ago, I need to switch, needed to switch things up again. And I can always tell when, obviously, if he's on the flare, he's a bit tired, he's a little bit ratty, he's a little bit, oh, mum, I don't really want to, I just, you know, he just sort of like kind of wants to be left alone for a little bit and i i just sort of like i just nicely in a nice way marnie just say to him look you know you can i know you can be better than this i know we're not where we i know we're not where we need to be i know that we will with god's help get you to your destination this is a journey that we're on this is not a race it's not a hundred meter sprint ian this is a marathon we are well on our way in that marathon. Look how far we've come. You know, at your worst, you lost 9 kg in two weeks. On this flare, I think he lost, was it 1 kg? I think he said 1. You know, that, you know, again, sometimes you have to point towards, again, it's not the negatives. It's the positives. Look how far you've come look at you for somebody that had alopecia age nine you know he pretty much has a full head of hair these are little small things that i grasp a hold of and i have to ram it down his throat sometimes to remind him ian your world's apart yeah. you're well on your way to healing to optimum health look how far you come i mean my paula mentions that word optimum health because that's the name of his nutritional business you know, you're well on the way to optimum health. And it's like, you know, when when he was a kid, I'll tell you what happened. And, and she probably won't say this, but, you know, he had um, vitiligo and he had alopecia, right? So you're getting into your teens, you know what children are like. He's a big lad, so he can look after himself anyway. But when your hair starts falling out, why? That's terrible, isn't it? Okay, now, I didn't even notice, but more Paula noticed it all. So he just grew it longer and he covered it up. And then she used to use this little sprinkle stuff on his hair to cover the patches. And then it got so bad. Now he's about 12, 13, 13. Paula had found this place in Birmingham, and which we drove all the way to Birmingham. I mean, who dealt does that? I had no choice, mate. So we drove Birmingham to this special clinic called his, his hair, clinic, hair clinic. And they actually do semi-permanent tattoos. Hair micropigmentation. There you go. All right. So he was the youngest person in the whole wide world to have it done. 
And it was sick. Don't that, get me wrong. That, that's a head tattoo. Yeah. For those of you that don't know. Now, if you can imagine having a normal tattoo but on your head, it's pretty painful. He's thirteen, but you know, with his consent, with our consent, we decided this is what we wanted to do. We wanted him to be in high school, not to have any mickey taken out of him to be a confident young man and that's what we were able to do we had to actually go through about six um seatings you know six sittings six meetings where they actually did the um the hair tattooing over a period of time individually on his scalp and and obviously different different um there was also different kind of uh procedures because the first one didn't work and he was a kid don't forget 13 we had to give consent, but Paula knew this is a very important growth phase of his life. He has the ability to withstand pain that you cannot imagine because of it. We become stronger, don't we? We go through challenges, the challenges make us stronger, whether it's in business, whether it's in health, whether it's in sport, it don't business. It is making you stronger, only because he had the example from his mum, who just wouldn't stop at any... I mean, we've been up to Birmingham. These people remember him today. We actually spoke to them yeah. and contacted them, like, years after. That was 13. He's now 24. 11 years later, and they still remembered him because he didn't... He didn't shout his head off like all the rugby players, <laughs> you know, and all the, all the footballers, all they're getting their flipping, you know, hair done or whatever it is. You know what the funny thing is? It's all gone. It's all grown back. Yeah, a little bit of diet, maybe a bit of, um, you know, his own body working in the favour of him. I don't know, but it all grew back. Wow. It was madness. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Challenges. They're definitely sent to try us. Wow. And, and that's the thing, isn't it? Through it all, you, you, your businesses still thrived and you both thrived and your family thrived through all the challenges. And, and you're so right. You know what? What we go through as challenges tend to grow us the the, the most, and you know our character and our ability yeah. to you know um, deal with stuff. You know, to, tough stuff. And, yeah. Um, wow, that that is that is difficult, especially especially when it's your your child. You know, because that's the thing you don't want, is that you you'd rather you'd rather have it go you'd rather go for it than your child Absolutely, go for it. Absolutely, yeah. Totally, totally. You you would take it in a heartbeat. Yeah, definitely, definitely swap places. So and to to hear that you know he is in a really good place now, and yeah. he's he's studying nutrition for himself. And is that something that he's hoping to do as a business as well? Well, he's doing it at the moment. You know, oh, with wow. optimum health, he's doing it with the juices. Wow. You know, you wouldn't believe. We never believed how much was involved, but he actually really loves it. You know, at the beginning, it was sort of like an idea from his brother mm -hmm. that, you know, we need these kind of, what are they called? Hot shots. Shots. You know, like shots. Pre-workouts. Pre-workouts. Mm -hmm. There you go. And that's how it started. And so like breakfast smoothie. And yeah. Something. And he needed it anyway to maintain, get to build more weight up and all this kind of yes, stuff. Yes, and, yes. and it became normal. On the back of Jamie's clients, he started to do it. He even started to do food prep. And there was loads. There was just so many more opportunities because he actually loved doing it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, don't get me wrong. It all came from uh, a circumstance, if you like. Mm -hmm. But he, he he still does it today. He's getting more and more clients because of it. When it when we come back into normality, it'll get it'll double again. But he's 
you know, rather than make zero and do nothing with your life, mm. you'll make a few hundred pounds easily without even thinking about it. So he's taken something that has been a challenge, you know, difficult thing, a health challenge, and he's now turned it into something that has helped him and is helping others. Yeah. And, um, you know, that that's amazing. And what I'm hearing you say to people is, you know, whatever you're going, you know, go for your passion, but also maybe something that is a challenge for you that you're able to kind of um, work on or or work on that challenge, get some, you know, make it work for you and I then you can I share it with others yeah money i think when it's a, when it's your own challenge when it's your own experience mm, it's yes. it's so much easier you you've got a story to yes. tell i mean yeah that are the products. Yes. yeah you tap into that don't you i mean it, it just reminds me I, I won't go into this in great detail but for me um, being a woman of a certain age and going through the menopause, you know, coming up to menopause, going through and sort of like coming out the other side, you know, certain symptoms that one goes through, one body go, goes through, you know, changes in certain ways. And there's certain things where you think to yourself, wow, you know, it's amazing that nobody has ever really spoken to me about that. And for me, it really, really just got me to the point where, I want to help other women. I want to help other women. I want an open forum. I love talking to women. I love sharing with women and just getting them over. We'll spend an afternoon. We'll spend a day. Um, we'll go on on retreat. I'll have, you know, a nutritionalist come in, a specific menopausal nurse come in. We'll do some yoga. We'll have a bite to eat and just connect because, again, it's so powerful. And, and, and as I said, if you've been through it or if you're going through it and, you know, you can just share your experiences with other, or you, you're already halfway there. I think the answer is, Imani, is, okay. is, is that like, just as a, a passing thought, really, what Ian did, even on his own back, he loves trainers. And there's another business that he started, okay, which is all to do with high-end trainers. I mean, these trainers cost, like, 500, 800, 1,000, Kanye West kind of trainers, right? And and he started, he, he actually got a loan out, didn't he? He got a, a loan out for yeah. like, I don't know how many, three, four yeah. grand or whatever it is. And he goes, no, no, I know this market because I've been I've grown up with it. And okay, it's cool, then go for it. And, you know, he sold one the other day for 1,400 quid for a pair of trainers. Are you mad? But he did all this at the same time as he's been doing everything else because he's learning from example. And he took a little bit of a risk. We've always warned them about risk. Of course you do. But if you're a business person, you know, you've got to realize everything in life is a risk. Working for a boss is a risk. Everything. Okay? So more than anything else, it's, uh, you know what, you just get on with it in answer to your question. Get on with it. Yeah, wow, powerful. So what I'm hearing there is, you know, use your own story. Your, your own story is going to be your biggest selling point um, in your business so you know something you've overcome something you know as, as Paula was saying there uh, as well about you know being a woman and the different things the different stages of being a woman you know um, is you know, there's so many things there that you know somebody could you know work with your son overcoming debilitating you know illness and then I'm hearing as well 
don't be scared of risk because every i mean getting out of bed is 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 a risk it can be risky getting opening mm. your front door can be mm. risky as as we've heard in so many stories of people just being in their own home and it's 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 a risk you know you can have a risk in every so it's like don't don't look at the potential problems look for solutions and have your story you know be find you know be passionate about what you want to do because it's going to be you know it's going to be something potentially you do for the rest of your life so you better be passionate about it yeah yeah but well let's be honest Imani people work and they work for 10 20 years and they're not passionate about it so there you go I mean I work with people who've been doing their jobs for 15 20 years and they are not passionate about it so you know it's a no-brainer for me So, you know, um, all these different businesses. So how can people, if people are, you know, interested in, in the different businesses that you do, how can they get in contact? How can they, you know, find out more? Have you got um, emails, websites? Where do you hang out on social media? <laughs> we're, just, we're just laughing at each other here. Um, you know what? <laughs> I, that is too difficult a question um the answer is you know they can if they really want to know they can ask you any questions and we'll we'll get it back to them find us on facebook though yeah facebook find us on facebook yeah we just uh, Roger galloway paula galloway yeah that would be fine facebook facebook groups as well i've got a positive one these positive platform oh yeah you have yeah. platform on facebook and that's quite nice it's just refreshing uh, you know a lot of people put a lot of uh, positive phrases on it's just somewhere to go sort of like in the morning you know if you're looking for something something to start your day it's there for you so you can look us up on facebook i think the biggest thing is as we're coming to the end right now, right? The biggest thing is, if you want to go from the left-hand side of the quadrant, where the E and the SE, the employed and self-employed mentality is, and you want to become a business owner, a BO or an I for an investor, okay? If you want to go from the left-hand side to the right-hand side, it's a small shift of emphasis. That's all it is. It's a small shift of emphasis on a little bit more on your mental attitude. It's, it's actually 1%. The change from being an employee mentality where you've been ingrained all of your life. In fact, the whole system is dedicated to go to work, go, go get your education, son, get your qualifications. We'll get into a big company and work your way up the corporate ladder. You know, those days are gone. You know, you've got to get onto the right hand side of the quadrant and you just got to have a shift of attitude and just say, you know what? Bum this, as the kids would say, and literally just go for it. Well, the only, only thing you're going to lose is you fail, but you'll learn something from that failure. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so, um, Paula, have you got something? Because I wanted you both to just share a few nuggets, maybe a few tips, but I think I, I think that's what... Um, I think feel that's what Roger just did. I don't know if you've got any more you wanted to share, Roger, and I, I'd also like to hear from Paula as well, because this is going to be turned into a podcast and be repurposed and put out again. So I'd like to be able to kind of share these these separate nuggets here as a kind of, um, you know, promotional for the whole thing. So, yeah, I don't know if you both want to My, share yeah. some tips. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, really, as a, uh, as a couple, for me, it is teamwork. 
teamwork in action. And it is really the analogy I heard many, many years ago is the two horses pulling in exactly the same direction as opposed to individually. They're not going to pull the, the, the individual load as opposed to the joint load. The joint load together as one is going to be far bigger than pulling those individual loads. It's like that tug of war sometimes that you see, you know, as a team, you're going to pull together and you're going to pull so much more. So therefore, it's going to be far more beneficial to actually working as a team, as, as, as a parent, as a wife, as a husband, just having the other ones back and also edifying your partner as well. That's a big one, edifying your partner in front of the children. Edifying your your partner in front of the world, you know, knowing and realizing what your partner does to contribute to to the team, you know, that they're putting, you know, shelter, your family in shelter, food on the table, and that they are a blessing, and that's why you chose them in the first place because they are a blessing. That's beautiful. Um, I don't know, Roger, did you have anything else you wanted to add before I ask you the last couple of questions and um, sure. wrap up? I mean, a story that I once heard was like, uh, fly like an eagle. You know, um, th the story goes like this. At the top of the mountain, um, there was a big eagle's eerie at the top of the mountain. And uh, one of the eggs just fell by and it just w fell all the way down to the bottom where the little prairie chickens were. And the little prairie chickens basically said, oh, what the hell is this? This could be one of our eggs, I suppose. And they looked after the egg as if it was their own. You know, big eagle, little prairie chickens, well, you know, what's going to happen here? But they looked after it until one day that little baby eaglet hatched. And, you know, the little baby eaglet looked around, and the little prairie chickens are floating around, you know, just about... Get, jumping off the ground a bit, picking at the dust, trying to find something to eat, and uh, never thought anything like it. Never thought anything bad about it. Just got on with it. And, you know, one day in the, in the next two, few years, you'll see this big, enormous bird soaring. And he said to himself, I wish I could fly like that. One day I'll be out to fly like that. And you know what? Years and years went on, and he'd been a fully grown eagle now. And the prairie chicken egg, prairie chicken, sorry, are just doing the same old thing. He knows he's different, but doesn't really realize it. And he looks up in the sky one more time, and this is many years later, and he goes, I wish I could fly like that, never knowing that he was an eagle. And that's like us. We just don't know what we've got. And we always refer to that as the untapped potential because we never tried. We're too scared to fail. We're too scared of risk. We're too scared of everything. But we've all got, we're all engineered for success. It's in us, in every single one of us. Different degrees, sure. You know, some people will be multi, multi-millionaires and be the next Richard Branson or the next Oprah Winfrey or the next, you know, whatever it may be. But there's different degrees of success. But we're all born to fly like an eagle. It just, you know, we've got to realize it. We've got to untap that potential. But it takes commitment. And that's it. 
Very powerful. And, you know, I love speaking to you both. I just think you're amazing. Um, you know, I love the teamwork and the edifying each other and, you know, the family and the stories you've told tonight are incredible um, about your sons starting all these businesses, you know, during a time where a lot of people have given up on themselves or, uh, you know, or kind of, you know, just moaning and groaning and focusing on the problems. You know, what does the future hold for Mr. and Mrs. Galloway, you know, in terms of your business? I, I know we spoke when we spoke last time, but you were talking more about your, your, your marriage and relationship. But what is it? What, where do you see yourself with what, you're, what you've been able to accomplish and, um, you know, for you and your family as a, as a family business? I think for me, um, it's really about the kids, you know, um, 55 and 54. We still got loads of dreams. We're actually looking at new houses at the moment, not because of me, may I add, because of my wife. I have no choice. Yeah, mate, honestly, well, by the way, next Saturday, we're going to go view a house. What, really? Because, uh, what's wrong with our own house now? It's Escape lovely. Escape the neighbours. Escape the neighbours. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Always focusing on the solution. So we end up going to watch, look at some houses. And, you know, it's like crazy. You know, I've got my mum because my dad passed away. So, you know, incorporating all of that kind of stuff. And, you know what, we're not limiting ourselves at all. You know, and that's the name of our sons, the eldest son's business, JG Limitless. And we incorporate all these small little things that may seem insignificant to other people that mean a lot to us. We're not limiting ourselves. We've, you know, our businesses flourished through, you know, through this pandemic. And I don't want it to stay any longer. Don't get me wrong, but it's flourished. You know, I can't wait for face-to-face communications and all that and being out in the real world and all that kind of stuff. But we haven't let it keep us down. We haven't let it keep us down. We know we are moving forward by example, but our goal is just to set the kids up as much as possible without spoiling them and getting them on the road to success. Like us, I suppose, a little bit. And helping helping other people, mentoring as Roger does. He mentors a lot of people. You know, he has a huge team. And, you know, he mentors others. It's not just about us. It's helping other people to, you know, be successful, big, small, medium term and, and, you know, bringing on others because, you know, that's something that we've always um, tried to do our whole entire lives, whether or not it's having somebody, you know, come and stay with us because, you know, they've got nowhere else to stay or helping a charity or, you know, just, just, just helping other people to better themselves, you know, through hardships as well, oftentimes, and just seeing that person flourish and get married and have their children and, and have a good job, that is just reward enough because if we can do what we've done um, with what we had, with God's help, um, then we know that we can help others to do the same, Imanic. Wow. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, come in, come, yeah. Yeah, Molly, basically, that's the reason why we're doing this show with you. Aww. You know, if we can impart anything, we do mentor people, we do help them and do this, that and the other. We've been doing it all of our lives. I don't know where we got it from, except for from our teachings. In order to succeed, you've got to help other people succeed first. 
that's the phrase we remembered. So, you know, in order to succeed, we've got to help others. So we, my wife in particular is a, is a, a friend of, is it a friend of ours? Would that be the right phrase? Who became a family member, stayed at our house for a year until he, he was on the streets, basically. And she took him in with our own family, you know, limited space, you know, and, you know, after a year, he flourished. He's now got his own family. This He's got a job. He's got a business. He, he's taken on board what he learned. And there are many other examples like this, you know, like charity. Yeah, we were chairman of a children's charity for three years you know we've done x y and z but in giving you receive you know you know i think that's not the reason why you do it you do it because it's the right thing to do but you, if this isn't a sole adventure this is a team effort this means that in our family in our family team in our extended family team in our you know business team and it goes on and on and on and that's the reason why we don't mind sharing when you asked us we don't mind sharing it at all